Good evening, brothers and sisters. I'd like to invite you now to open your Bibles with me to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you that the book of Haggai, the Lord has called his people back to the land out of, out of exile. He's called them back to the land with the charge, the command to rebuild the house of the Lord, to build the temple. They've been brought back to the land and they came back with great zeal and with great joy to the land and established the foundations of the temple and established the altar of the temple. But because of outside opposition and Internal fear, they ceased their building for quite some time, but the Lord sent the prophet Haggai to remind them why he sent them back to the land, and that was to rebuild the temple. And with that word sent to them from the prophet Haggai, they obeyed the word of the Lord. It says in Haggai chapter 1 that they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. They also feared the Lord their God. And it also says, the Lord said to them, I am with you. The last time we studied Haggai chapter 2, the Lord gave them the promise not only that he's with us, but they should not fear not because the Spirit, the Lord's Spirit, is in their midst. The Spirit is in their midst. This evening, the Lord is also going to show us another blessing for the people of God when they obey his word and trust wholeheartedly with full assurance of faith and they fear the Lord their God. There's another word for them that we will see in our passage this evening in Haggai chapter 2. We'll start in verse 10. I want to remind you that this is God's holy, inspired word. So let's give our full attention to the reading of God's word this evening. This is the word of the Lord. On the 24th day of the the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer, there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, There were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were but twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since the day that that foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, Consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. This is God's holy word. Let's give him thanks and praise for his word to us, his people, this evening. 
Our great and glorious God, we delight in your word. We delight in hearing your word read, sung, and prayed. Father, thank you for making your word known to us through the perfect prophet who came and lived among us, making you known to us in the flesh, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word made flesh. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who is full of grace and truth. We delight in his name. We delight in the work that he's accomplished for us. And we come to him with our hearts fully engaged, our minds ready to think upon what he has to say to us this evening, so that we might be a people who not only confess that we believe on the Lord Jesus, but that we also desire to obey the Lord Jesus. Would you help us now by your Holy Spirit, working with your word to accomplish salvation in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius. Again, there's a timestamp for us to pay attention to in this passage. Haggai writes for us that this day, this 24th day of the ninth month, is not just some mere day to say something important happened, but it's a day to recall. If we look back to chapter 1 of Haggai, looking down at verse, the last verse of the chapter, It says, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Now, in the sixth month on the 24th day, something had happened there. And what was it? The people had received the word of the Lord. They obeyed the word of the Lord, and they began to rebuild the temple. The foundation stone that, and the other stones that were going to establish the temple, that work began in the sixth month on the 24th day. Three months later, Haggai uses that 24th day. Three months later. That 24th day was a day that they remembered that that work began. Their hearts not only heard and received the word of the Lord, but they began to obey the word of the Lord. That is an important day. The 24th day of the the sixth month is is important because that's when they began to obey. But Haggai is saying on the 24th day of the ninth month, the Lord is also showing As you continue to obey, there's a blessing for you. There's a word of blessing for the people of God. And he wants them to remember, as you began the work in the sixth month, you were continuing in the work in the ninth month, something has changed, radically changed, in how God, the Lord God, is relating to his people. It's no longer a curse that they're fearing. It's actually a blessing that they can anticipate. See that last verse that we read in this chapter? The Lord says, from this day on, from this day, the 24th day of the ninth month, you can count on this. I am going to bless you. But before he gets to that wonderful word of blessing, he first wants them to remember where they've been. Do you remember where you've been? Do you remember where you began with the Lord Jesus? Where is it when you heard the gospel for the first time? What was your life like? Was your life maybe in disarray? Maybe you were in deep confusion. Maybe you were walking without any purpose or meaning in the world. But then you heard the word of the Lord. You heard the command of Christ to believe on the Lord Jesus and to repent. And something on that day radically changed in your cosmos. In your reality, something radically changed. The Lord, by bringing the gospel to bear on your heart, on your heart that day everything changed. The Lord is saying to his people that you have come from a story like that. These people have come from a negative experience, how they have been 
brought back to the land. They're living in the land, but they yet were not fully obedient to the Lord. Actually, the Lord brought a curse upon them. The Lord brought famine upon the land. The Lord caused their crops to fail. The Lord caused um, their hearts to, to grow weak and without, weak in faith because of their disobedience. But yet, when the word of the Lord came to them and they heard Haggai's word to them in Haggai chapter 1, they heard, they believed, and they turned to the Lord, and everything changed on that day. And so the Lord reminds them by first giving a call for a ruling to the, for, the, for the priests in the temple to make a ruling concerning the law of the Lord. So on this 24th day, Haggai comes, Haggai the prophet comes to the to priest, and he asks for a ruling. He asks for a ruling about the law of the Lord. He's reestablishing the authority of the priests in the temple. Look at it in verse 11. Thus says the Lord, ask the priest about the law. Literally, ask for a ruling concerning the law. What does the law say concerning, and here's what he asks. Verse 12. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? So it was right and good for the priests and all those who had made a sacrifice to the Lord to take some portion that they had received from, from the sacrifice and to take that holy portion of meat and to put it in the fold and consider it like a little pocket in their garment. Put that holy piece of meat into their garment and carry it so that they could eat it later. Now the question is, is if you put that holy meat into that garment, does the garment become holy and so that whatever it touches, it makes everything holy? Is, here's the question. Is holiness transmittable? Is holiness transmittable? That's the question at play here. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, making the garment holy, can the garment touch something else and make it holy? And the answer to that is no. Holiness is not transmittable. That's the first ruling that the priests give. And so the Lord, through the prophet Haggai, asks another question, asking for another ruling. We see that in verse 13. Then Haggai said, If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does, does it become unclean? If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, meaning the food, bread, stew, wine, or oil, or any kind of food, does it become unclean? And the priest answered, it does become unclean, yes. So what do we learn from that? Holiness is not transmittable, is what we learned in the first ruling. But in the second ruling, we learn that sin contaminates everything. Disobedience contaminates everything. Not just things here and there, but it affects everything. Unlike holiness, sin creeps and it contaminates whatever it touches. Holiness is not transmittable, but sin contaminates everything. That's the ruling that the priests give and that the Lord asks for. But then the Lord gives a ruling. Do you see it there? In verse 14. 
the Lord gives his word concerning this people. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. Offer where? What they're offering on that altar that they built while my temple lays in ruins, everything that they're offering there is unclean. Everything that they're performing there, it's contaminating everything. Their hands are unclean. Their offerings are unclean. It's because their hearts are unclean. They are doing the work of sacrifice, but they're not doing the work of obeying. They had not been doing the work of obeying the Lord prior to this 24th day. They had not been obeying the Lord. They had just been going through their ritual motions, but not doing the thing that the Lord had sent them back to do. And God's asking them to remember through this ruling, remember what your life was before you started to obey my word. You were going through the rituals. You were offering the sacrifices, but you weren't doing the work that I sent you back into the land to do. So everything that you are doing is unacceptable. Everything that you're doing is contaminated. Even their worship? Even the righteous things that they would do in the Lord's, uh, at the Lord's altar? Because remember, the temple's not built yet. Yes, the Lord says, so it is with these people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. Every work of their hands. Now, you don't have to be a Hebrew scholar to understand what that means. It means every work of their hands. Everything they touch, all that they do, even in the offering of their sacrifices. What they offer there is unclean. Holiness is not transmittable. Just because we do something holy here, we can't go over here and sanctify this thing. No, when we're not obeying the Lord with a whole heart and everything that he's commanded, even what we do in faith is half-hearted obedience. Half-hearted obedience. Yes, they're offering the sacrifices, but they're not, they had not been rebuilding the temple. And the Lord says, here's my judgment. They're unclean. Even when they do their righteous deeds, it's unclean before me. We have a sin problem. There might be a profession, there might be even deeds of worship being done, but if there is not obedience that follows out of faith, then the Lord says everything that they're touching with their hands, it's unclean. Now, I know many of you have been parents, and our parents, we're always parents once we become parents, I know that you've experienced half-hearted obedience in your house before. And half-hearted obedience, let's call it really what it is, disobedience. It's not doing everything that we're called to do with a whole heart. Half-heartedness is a divided heart, and that means that it has unclean motives and intentions. So it is with these people. 
And the Lord wants them to recall this. The Lord wants them to remember this. That before they heard the the previous prophecy of Haggai and had not put their hands to the work of rebuilding the temple, everything they were doing on that altar while the temple laid in ruins was unacceptable to the Lord. They were unacceptable before the Lord. But something's changed about them. But before the Lord declares this blessing to them, he wants to remind them He wants to remind them of the effects of their half-hearted obedience, disobedience. Remember when you would go and offer your sacrifices but not rebuild the temple? How did it go with you? Look at verse 15. He says, now then, consider. Take this to heart from this day onward. From this day that we're remembering when we began to rebuild the temple, don't forget, take this to heart from this day onward. That before you started rebuilding the temple, things were not going well for you. Verse 16, 16, the Lord asked, how did you fare? And well, this is how they were faring. When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. They were always lacking. What they needed, they could not find. When one came to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. Still lacking. Why were they lacking? Well, the Lord, again, in his grace, tells them. Verse 17, I struck you. I disciplined you. I chastised you. I struck you, is what the Lord says. My hand was against you. And what flowed from that was, I didn't just strike you, but it says all the products of your toil He struck all their works with blight and with mildew and with hell. The Lord was against them. And in his discipline, look what the result and their actions were before they obeyed. It says, yet you did not turn to me. Yet you did not repent. You did not respond to me with the appropriate heart of repentance. No, you continued in your half-heartedness. You continued in your disobedience. And so the Lord says he struck them, but he struck them and the land because of their inability and unwillingness to repent. But yet they did hear the word. They did obey the Lord. On the 24th day of the sixth month, they did repent. They did obey the Lord. They did fear him with their whole heart. And the Lord wants them to remember how it was before they repented. How it was before they began to do the work with a whole heart. He wants them to set this to their hearts. He wants them to consider from this day on. He does not want them to forget the consequences of disobedience. He does, want, does not want them to forget what it was like before they wholeheartedly feared the Lord and obeyed his word. Do you remember where you were when you came to faith? When you had that radical change in your heart and in your life? Do you still obey the Lord with the same kind of zeal and fervor and commitment that you did on that day? 
Are you still pursuing the Lord, wanting not just to confess him as Lord, but to obey him as Lord? Because what the Lord is asking for his people to do is not just to do the ritual religious things. He's asking for them to obey his commands with their whole hearts. Don't forget what life was like before you were obeying with your whole heart. It was not going well with you. And my hand was against you. You were being disobedient. I was disciplining you, but you were not repenting. Don't forget that. But remember from this day on that when you heard my word and you did repent and you did obey, everything changed. What has changed? The Lord says in verse 18, another consideration. Put this to your heart. Consider your ways. Consider from this day on. Again, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day of, that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, Consider, put this to your heart. The day when you took my word into your heart and you put it into practice. That day, don't forget it, because that's the day when you laid the foundation stone that the Lord had called you to lay to rebuild the temple. Don't forget that day when you started obeying. Because from this day on, he's calling us to hope in the future. He's calling us to hope in what he has in store. He's calling us to hope in what he's going to do for his people from this day on. Before they obeyed, devastation, famine, destruction. But they can mark the 24th day as a day where they turned and the Lord made promises. And what is his promise? I will bless you. Consider from this day on, in verse 18 again, from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider. Now he wants them to look at their lives again. He says, where's the seed at? Where's the seed? Is the seed yet in the barn? And in this month, the seed would not have been in the barn. Only what would have been in the barn is the things they had reserved to continue to make it through the wintertime. And what we know from previous chapters is that they did not have a great harvest. They were lacking. And so Haggai says, is the seed in the barn? They're like, no, all that's in the barn has been planted. It's out there in the field. It's not in the barn. The Lord says, now look at the the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree. How's it going there? And he says, it's yielded nothing. So has the Lord turned his countenance on us? Because it looks like we're still lacking. It looks like we're still without. But we're not to look at our circumstances and judge God's goodness by that. We're to look at the God who is reigning over our circumstances and put our hope in his word. And what does his word say? Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing But from this day on, I will bless you. God's word to his people, when they turn to him with wholehearted faith, with wholehearted uh, obedience, he puts his blessing on them no matter what the circumstances that they're in in the middle of that season is. They might be lacking. 
They might be in the middle of waiting for a harvest, but the God's word to them is, look at your circumstances. They might not be what you anticipate them to be. Lift your eyes to me, the God who reigns over your circumstances, the God who has called you to be his people in this land, to believe on him, yes, but also to obey his word. I am going to bless you. I will bless you, is what the Lord says to them. They had come to the Lord with transformed hearts, In the fear of the Lord, on the 24th day, they began to do the work, and the Lord says, mark that day. Don't forget it. From this day on, from this day where you have fully committed yourself to me, I am going to give myself fully to you. Consider that. Church of Christ, consider that. As we give our hearts fully to the Lord, the Lord is promising to give himself fully to us. I will bless you. I will give you all that you need. I will be your portion. I will be the delight of your hearts. If you trust in me with your whole heart. He calls for a ruling. And that ruling shows us that holiness is not transmittable. So we do not earn God's blessing. We do not gain God's favor by doing the right religious things. We also learn by that ruling that our disobedience contaminates everything. It actually creates a a rift in our relationship to God. It cuts us off from his hand, causing his discipline to come to us, where he actually sets himself against us. He strikes us in his grace to lead us into repentance. He wants us to remember that. And three different times he says, consider, consider, consider. I think the Lord wants us to remember something. Remember where you were before you heard the word of the Lord and how your life was. Consider where you've been when you've been relating to the Lord with half-hearted obedience. But consider now, brothers and sisters, God's promise to you if we will turn to him in wholehearted faith, in the fear of the Lord. What is his promise to us? Consider it. Lord, if I give myself wholly to you, What? His word to you is, I will bless you. The challenge for us, especially us who are faithful in our duties in worship and in prayer and Bible reading, is to ask ourselves the question, I might be faithful in doing religious acts, but am I doing it with wholehearted faith, intending wholehearted obedience, putting what I've heard into practice? Because yes, the Lord, by his grace, saves us by faith. But that faith does something. That faith obeys 
the commands. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples. If you love me, you will keep, guard, steward my commands. You will obey. And I think that there's a blessing there for you, the people of God. In Psalm 106, did we not just sing how the Lord blesses those who fear his name and obey his commandments? Isn't there a blessing for those who with wholehearted abandons lay themselves down before the Lord? Yes. But I'm in such troubled times right now. Things are not going well. It doesn't look like I have the blessing of the Lord on my life. Stop looking at your circumstances and look to the one who said he will bless you in your faithfulness, your covenant faithfulness to him. He will bless you. He will keep you. He will provide for you. He will take care of you. He's made that promise. And he will do it. The question that we have to ask ourselves, the questions that we need to consider is, hearing the word of the Lord, am I responding with faith, with the fear of the Lord, with wholehearted obedience, ready to put these things into practice? Or am I merely just considering and pondering them with no intention to obey them? We need to be careful here. Because we come here on the Lord's Day, week in and week out. And in these services, in these times of gathering, the Lord is renewing his covenant with us. But this is also a day for us to renew our covenant with him. And to say, I see who you are. I have heard your word. And with my whole heart, I will keep your commands. And for people who have a heart like that, the Lord has a word for you. I will bless you. Trust him. Put your confidence in him. He is faithful to keep his word to you, his people. Let's do this together now by praying and asking him to do that. Our great and glorious God, we ask now by your grace that you would come and you would minister to our hearts, change our hearts, transform our hearts to obey with a whole heart. We remember where we were in our disobedience. We can recall times of half-hearted obedience in our Christian walk. But Lord, we thank you that you call us to remember those days so that we can obey in the present and hear your word to us, that there is a blessing for those who keep your word. There is a blessing for those who keep your commands. Lord, from this day on, I pray that your people will hear, trust, and put their confidence in King Jesus, who has promised to bless those who come to him. Lord, make your, make your abode in our hearts. Make your presence known. We have heard your word. You are with us. Your spirit is in us, and you will bless us. Lord, turn our hearts to you, we pray. In the name of your Son, our King, Jesus, amen.